0: Welcome back to Personalization Outbreak Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of leadership. Now, in today's episode, we'll take a deep dive into how community colleges are reinventing themselves in the wake of the pandemic, embracing diversity, and fostering well-being for their students. Our guest today is Desiree portillo Rabinov. Desiree serves as a strategic planning manager consultant with Community Connections LLC in transportation planning and community outreach. Elected in March of 2020, Desiree now sits on the board of trustees at Glendale Community College in Southern California. Now, as a leader, Desiree is involved in budget oversight, accreditation, local, state, and federal academic and funding policies, campus curriculum instruction, hiring needs, and much more. Join us as we delve into the critical role of leadership in adapting to change, building strong relationships with community partners, and implementing innovative strategies to ensure that students are prepared for success in this new era. Now, before we get started, please click the like button below share it with your colleagues, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and social media at Glenn Yopis. Let's get started. You are listening to Personalization Outbreak, a podcast about the collapse of traditional corporate standards in today's more personalized world. I'm Glenn Yopis. I'm a leadership strategist, author, contributor to Forbes, and founder of the Leadership in the Age of Personalization Movement. On this show, I'm interviewing executives across multiple sectors to find out how the balance between standardization and personalization can exist. Desiree, I've been really looking forward to having this discussion. Thank you for joining the
1: show. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. It's my pleasure to be here with you.
0: Well, thank you, Desiree. Well, first of all, let's get this on the table. You are Latina. You live in Southern California. We are, you're witnessing a massive cultural demographic shift in Southern California, right outside of Los Angeles and Glendale. Mm-hmm. What is the current state, because of this, of community colleges, in how are they helping working adults develop their educational plan? plan
1: and path? Excellent question. And thank you for asking for that, because, you know, as I first started in my first term as a trustee, we entered into the pandemic. And this was a difficult challenge for all community colleges statewide and and, um, nationwide. And we essentially lost about a million students during that time. But more specifically, in California, we lost more than a quarter million students. So it was a dramatic shift that we saw uh, in terms of decline of enrollment. And so we as community college trustees and also faculty and staff, we had to um, regroup and look at this and say, how do we go through this recovery process? And how do we continue to do our work in a way that will help our students get through the pandemic and get their education effectively? So we had to shift. Quite fr- frankly, we had to shift quite quickly. We had to adapt to new, the new norm of working in, you know, from a hybrid to a vir- completely virtual environment. And we had to look at what changes do we need to make internally. And luckily, we did have a task force in trying to identify what are some of the issues that we're confronted with. And essentially, you know, this is something that we had to do anyway. I think it accelerated the process. It was really important for us to uh, look at our marketing, rebranding, outreach, social media platforms, you know, prioritizing social and basic needs for our students. And um, by doing this, we looked back and said, what are our core uh, functions of our community college and how do we retain and make sure that our students are going to continue and complete their program? We have a very strong, like most colleges, community colleges, a, a transfer pathway. Glendale is one of the highest ranking colleges of ensuring that our students are going to earn a bachelor's degree. So we reevaluated that and ensured that we had to conform our virtual environment to help our STEM students, you know, science, technology, engineering, mathematics, to transfer um, appropriately to a UC or, Cal- or CSU system. So we we are successful in that. We wanted to emphasize what we could do on a virtual platform and help them get there. Uh, that was one. And we, we typically um, also train uh, our students in career technical education. That's very much uh, in terms of certification where they may not get an AA degree, but they could stack their certifications so they can qualify for jobs, higher paying jobs. And areas that we uh, wanted to emphasize as part of our outreach and, and assistance to our students it was really we have a strong welding program, we have a great mechanics program, a strong um, science and technology field such as in the nursing areas, and those are really strong um, technology areas where we wanted to ensure that our our, our students were going to succeed and especially the job skills are changing even more rapidly, and we wanted to ensure that they would ha- be competitive in that market. And we also, yeah, it was a variety of things that we had to re-invest and and relook at and do it in a way that they could successfully get through. In terms of our adult, um, you know, uh, population, we know that you know we had to be more flexible. We had to adapt. They, you know, they're working, you know, full time there or part time. And you know their needs are different, and of course, we you know their parents as well, and so we have to retool that as well and look at evening classes, weekend classes, and also create an environment on on a virtual platform where we have asynchronous tr- um, um, instruction, so that they can come back after work or any time during the day they can take their coursework and complete that. We have a very strong. We're one of Glendale's one of the largest CalWORKs programs. Um, if you're not familiar with that, it's um, individuals that are being subsidized through the Department of Social Services. They receive a subsidy to help support their families. And one of the programs is to get them into either a, a vocational education training program or or through a community college program where they can at least support as single parents their families. And we have one of the largest programs in the state of California. And so we worked really closely to ensure that those parents would get whatever child care support services and also mentoring that they needed and counseling. So,
0: so so Desiree, if I I may, real quick, Desiree. Sure. As I listen, there are so many things that we had to be more nimble towards. We had to uh, be more agile and flexible. What was maybe the biggest surprise? that community colleges uh, encountered? Did they expect so many people uh, not enrolling or was it that maybe we should have been more flexible all along, but we, we got stuck in, in feeling comfortable and doing what we always did? What was the big
1: kind of aha moment? Well, the aha, yeah, that's a good point. And I think what, what, tra- what transpired hired with all of this is that we recognized that our schools weren't moving into a modern technology in a way that was more nimble and flexible and adapting to the needs of our existing student population. And you're right, we it was an eye-opening experience to see that we needed to pivot very quickly, look at what our resources were and how we're going to improve and upgrade those resources and tools. And one of the concerns is that many of our students were not uh, you know equipped with laptops, Wi-Fi, hotspots. We, we recognized that they were coming to our campus to use our computer labs, but that's not no longer available during the pandemic. So how are we going to ensure that they're going to receive the, the education they needed? So we had to completely reevaluate and say, "My goodness, you know, let's get those laptops to them." We need to supply that information. They need to have Wi-Fi. They shouldn't be hanging around at Starbucks or at our parking lot to do their schoolwork and finding a location so that they could actually utilize the um, cloud-based programs. And so we really understood that we had to make those changes quite rapidly. And we had to uh, definitely uh, ensure that our instructors were able to teach online. And that was the other thing too, because many of our instructors were so traditionally used to the in-person type training where we had to equip them with the tools and also the education of how to uh, utilize the virtual um, landscape. And so luckily we do, yeah, we had people in-house to help our um, faculty. And we also hired consultants to come in to help support that effort as well.
0: No, you know, Desiree. I mean, let's face it. I mean, all of higher education uh, went through a sense of shock and awe of just how unprepared we were, uh, not to just deal with the crisis of the mag of the magnitude that it's been, uh, but also just the unique needs that individual students have. Uh, that oftentimes maybe we're not, we don't know enough about what their limitations are, so we end up making assumptions about what they are or they're not. So in many cases, this was a good, like you mentioned before, an accelerant to get us to be to where we should, should have been going, which leads mm-hmm. me to my next question. Um, as a member of the board of trustees at Glendale Community College, uh, Desiree, how has the role of a trustee evolved? especially when you consider all these changes that have taken place, because I've got to imagine that even the compositions of a trustee of what it means to be a trustee, Mm -hmm. especially during these times of uh, reinvention, uh, they've probably changed a bit.
1: Yes, they did. You know, um, we had to shift our focus and become knowledgeable about other areas that had been less proximal to our work. And that, that includes like remote work. And that was another change that occurred, especially, you know, with staff and faculty, that alone was, there were some legal constraints, you know, involved. And that was something different that we had to deal with and how to craft policies to, you know, to treat employees fairly and equitably and while still working to achieve our mission of serving our students. Um, we also had to manage policies on employee and student health, you know, including vac- vaccination policies, return to work. Periods of isolation and masking. So those are also things that we had to learn more about. How do we create those policies and ensure that, you know, how do we respond in an emergency demand immediacy and how do we shift those policy focuses and priorities? And, and that was something new to us in managing and re-engaging those discussions um, with uh, our unions and staff. And so that was a, a big part of it of us and working in that in that space. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so Desiree, um, clearly enrollment ha- has been a challenge, but
1: now in twenty twenty three, how things how have things turned around? Well, things are finally turning around. You know, I think during this recovery uh, task force approach that we're taking is. We're starting to, you know, it's not a one solution, you know, that's going to make the big change. It's multiple assessments through, you know, student surveys, retooling our message, as I mentioned earlier, branding, student clubs, uh, financial aid, you know, instruction, online high flex in person. So a lot of that is part of the solution of how do we navigate and what do, how do we respond to ensure that we can bring in new students, but also retain our existing ones. So yeah, we you know across the country, I mean California, we're leading in the recovery process, I believe, similar to the national trends. But Glendale has has seen a leveling off of enrollment declines as of this spring. We're now within the one to three percent range of in, in, increasing our enrollment in the core areas. So um, we believe that in the coming you know semesters, we'll we'll start seeing that increase it come incrementally into, into uh, a better, better situation now that we uh, are adapting our programs to their needs. And I think that that's the key area is that we're, we're having to adapt. We're having to um, look at our modeling and what we need to do to help our students. Instead of, um, you know, we want them to, we want to identify what they want to do post-college. And then from that starting point, we will help them get to that point and figure out what coursework that they need to do. Um, because usually it's just enroll and just take these courses. But what we need to know is what do you want to do after you complete college? And then we can uh, customize that training that you need the education to get there. So well, that's, I mean, yeah, that's, excuse me, Desiree, that,
0: that's really the whole goal here is that how do we get to see and know our students better? And I think, you know, all of what's happened in higher education over the past three years has been about that. How do we see them? How do we know them? What do they want in their career, especially adult learners, right? I mean, what are they striving for next? And, you know, part of what I'm, as I listen to you, Desiree, that that really makes me think is a community college like Glendale. I mean, it's a it's a wonderful campus. It's been around for years. It's been the heartbeat of the San Gabriel Valley. But how do you mobilize a community like Glendale to support what's in the best interest of students, given that the hope is here that we can create jobs for people, not just in Glendale, but in and throughout the Southern California area? How does the community and community leaders, how do they they play a role in this reinvention?
1: Well it's extremely important because community leaders um need to know that we have you know qualified students working you know that are taking courses that are in the workforce already, many of them yep. are, and they're and they are you know either upskilling, they're getting new you know skills, they're up you know take you know getting some retraining and um you know working closely with our um businesses and their community. We need to know what the workforce trends are, and we need to ensure that we're keeping up with what their demands and what their needs are. And so it's important that we have those conversations and that we have that dialogue and, and have them attend our career days, come work with us. Also, um, I, you know, hire our students for internships. And yeah. that's really critical uh, so that they do get that hands-on experience and help them make that, those career choices down the road. So it's very important that we always have that collaboration and partnership, inviting them to campus, participating in some of our events that we we conduct on campus. And, you know, we have a performing arts program, which we have plays and, and dances. And we also have the Symphony of the Verdugos, which is an orchestra that also um, performs in different locations within the San Gabriel Valley, but are also performing on campus as well. And we have Fabulous, you know, artists and talent and musicians. So it's a critical component of us ensuring that we are engaged with the community, bringing in nonprofit organizations, organizations that are that can utilize our facilities and also look at at ways to partner with us. And one of those is with the um, uh, the uh, Glendale Latina Association. You know, we invite them to a campus. They can share some of the history and culture to our students and and also provide scholarships to our students. So that's the other important aspect is a lot of these um, nonprofit organizations and civic-based organizations will help support our students financially. And that's yeah. what we want to see those partnerships do.
0: That's wonderful, uh, Desiree. So as we think about what today's community college student needs and wants, I mean, I know uh, there in Glendale, California, there's a, you have quite a, a composition of culturally diverse populations. If you can share what those numbers are, and maybe share, you know, what are their unique needs and wants?
1: Yes, you know our you know our population has changed, you know quite over the time, you know that we've been here in in Glendale, and now we've seen a shift where we have um our our women that are here in our uh, credit programs. We have at least fifty five percent that are female. And, um, and then we have 58% that are under 26, um, under 26 years old. And our overall demographics of the population, we have 34% Caucasian and 24, over 24% is Latino and a little over 18% is Armenian. And then we have API at eight about 9%. And our Filipino and Black Americans are at 4%. So it, there's a dramatic shift that we have a great diversity on campus. And I think it's critically important that we continue to, to um, foster that, um, build, build those relationships, uh, create an opportunity where they could um, share their um, cultural identities, and, and also make it multicultural where every, all the different student clubs could interact with each other, have events for families to come on campus, Uh, We find that it's very very important to have an inclusive feeling of our school and also that they feel that they can belong on campus. And it's critically important that we, um, you know, continue to um, address those types of events because they're important. I feel that they're extremely important for us to um, build our enrollment, have better access to our programs, and I think these diverse groups will really lend to feeling this opportunity of growth in, in their lives. And I think this is a great campus that really um, has um, harnessed this. And now we've, you know, ensured that we, we are doing this monthly and, act, you know, and creating more activities as we, as we go out to, call, you know, communities to consider us as a college campus.
0: Thank you, uh, Desiree. Now, as we wrap it up, I know that um, the importance of mental health uh, and what it means to the overall learning experience for students and teachers, uh, has it's, it's, it's taken on a whole new meaning in life, um, not just at school. Um, how has this changed uh, the experience for faculty, members and students?
1: Yeah, this was a dramatic change, you know, that we had to work with and it did. I mean, the pandemic really impacted mental health, both, you know, from employee standpoint and students. And, you know, because of the increased social isolation and anxiety, you know, they, you know, they needed more support services and, you know, our students were facing depression and, you know, similarly, you know, there was increased burnout with our employees as well having the long range of, of this emergency, uh, you know, separation was overwhelming. So it, you know, it was difficult because you're trying to balance your work and home life, but you're, you know, you're locked into one place and there was not enough space to, and, for your working environment. So what we've, we really ramped up our health um, center, which started this whole new wellness and well being program where every week we would bring experts to come and talk about, you know, ways to to work through your anxiety and isolation and, um, you know, ask questions and look at counseling and have those opportunities. And most of this was all free and providing that opportunity for students or even staff to utilize that type of um, support. And so we brought in, you know, uh, you know uh, uh, experts in, in a variety of different areas. But we also were proactive too in wellness by including regular opportunities for students and employees um, to help support their health. And what we also established on, um, you know, weekly basis an access to the fitness center, which is free. We had yoga, we had meditation, exercises, you know, software where people can download and do it independently, you know, at and the, their own private time. Um we had relaxation events at our planetarium. Mm-hmm. And then we even had students come, and, and also faculty, to b- even bring their puppies or dogs to play to play with on campus just as a, a way to comfort themselves and, and feel the, the support of you know the animal touch. and so that was that was very, very successful. So those are the ways that we were able to integrate a lot of new ways of allowing a new wellness experience and, um, and not feel. Rigid about what we can do to help help our health of our our you know our family on campus, and so well, those are the things that we did.
0: Well, Desiree, thank you so much for uh, sharing the challenges, the opportunities, and it's clear that a lot of progress has been made. But we need to continue to have leaders like you and others uh, in support of community colleges across America because you know, this is. Uh, the heart of America's future. It's in community colleges. And we can't forget about that. And I want to thank you again, uh, the board of trustees, all the students at Glendale Community College and leaders in and throughout Glendale and Southern California for the work that you guys are doing. It's been a pleasure having you on the show, Denise.
1: Thank you so much, Glenn, and thank you for having me with you. Oh, no, no, you bet. And as we end
0: every show, when you lead in the age of personalization, you will see things that others don't do what others won't and keep pushing when prudence says quit. Have a good day. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Personalization Outbreak. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. If you enjoyed the content, visit ageofpersonalization.com to check out our free streaming video series and learn how to get involved in the movement. I'm Glenn Yopis, I wish you a good day, and remember, without strategy, change is merely substitution,
1: not evolution.